Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I'm your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk about Inside. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast? We talk about games. All shapes, all sizes. Uh, and I guess before we get to Inside, the critically acclaimed indie game from the same developer as uh, the other critically acclaimed indie game, Limbo, um, we played, played studios. some... Pathfinder this week. We uh, did. We played House Rebels last week. Uh, a, you know, a, a cleanup episode almost to kind of get things, uh, to kind of like get get the ducks in a row and and get them together before we, <clears throat> you know, get into gear and start moving forward with Act Two. Uh, you and Marigrug got bonus feats, which I'm yes. very happy about. I I like the I like the bonus feat. It's it's nice. It's very nice. Um, yeah, but your bonus feats, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this on the podcast, your bonus feats are like the least story driven, but they're very much driven to be like, all right, let's, let's have combat be fun. Yeah, um. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't need any help driving the story forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Um, and then, uh, and then Marigrugs, which I, Marigrugs is kind of secretly my favorite. Uh, it is the one that I like. It, before it was something that was completely different and honestly pretty stupid. Uh, but I, uh, I guess I watched. So I I can't remember what it was, but something I just like ca- I just like watched a, like a thing of Illidan uh, from World of Warcraft, and I saw that kind of like shirtless with the tattoos thing, and I was just like, oh my god, this is perfect, uh, and I kind of went from there. Um, I also kind of felt like Merrick Rugg could could use uh, a buff almost in that kind of way um, because uh, I don't know I thought that uh, I thought that that was a, that was a neat way to make him both like a unique kind of uh, like a unique presence in combat um, but also a good way to expand on what his combat ability like really came down to. Yeah, and and uh, at least for me, it was it was fun to see Atticus there. Like that was that that, that was a nice callback to it to our to our old game. I was, that, very, I was very happy about that one. <laughs> it was it was fun. It um, was so hard finding the uh, the the pro, the portrait for Atticus. I had to like look all over the internet. for Oh that. really? Yeah, uh, but I did eventually break it down. Um, yeah, it was nice that you went with him. Um, it was one of those things that was like if you'd got if so for instance. <clears throat> Obviously, that prophecy is supposed to read like a prophecy, and I don't think anybody else has, you know, first of all, I don't think anybody else speaks Orcish. Secondly, I don't think anybody else speaks uh, or has, like, linguistics or whatever, Um, and so when you went with Atticus to... uh, or you went with with Merigrug to Atticus, it it was a neat way for me to to kind of... I You know, because I kind of hate, like... You know, cut and dry, super obvious prophecies like that, right? right? And so breaking it down a little bit and being like, well, a lot of this is kind of mistranslated so that it sounds like it is, you know, exactly talking about Marigrug, but in reality, it probably isn't, um, is, uh, is something that I, it's like a, like a story pet peeve of mine that I appreciate. Ah, I um, see. Um, yeah, I thought it was fun too, because it was like, I could tell that you were like trying to get get Marigrug to tell Atticus that he was a blood rager. Marigrug just didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um 
but you know, uh, I'm I'm excited, obviously. Uh, and then and then we did the uh, and then we did the stuff with Johan and um, you know, Johan and Ariandis and and everything like that, um, which I think was. You guys have been pretty good so far about picking up on minor things, um, because it's one of those things you know, like where where I kind of bake in a lot of backstory to this to this stuff and it doesn't always come to the surface because like you know you don't ask the right questions or whatever and a lot of the times that's kind of fine uh but i was happy uh with uh you know you guys really fleshed out kind of what happened with the brother or not the brother of the sword the um the uh order of the torrent um that in, in a way that like really made it work because i think that there was a lot you know it's one of those things where it is a knightly order, and they are trying to do good things, but, like, there's nuance into it. You know, like, the fact that the whole thing is basically built of, of Tonric sycophants is, you know, like, that's that's a bit of, that's that's a piece of all of this kind of thing. Oh, um, oh yeah, ab- absolutely, because, frankly, part of the reason that I was reading a little bit deeper into it was because the, the Hell Knight book came out, and I flipped through that, and, like, the first, like, four pages are, like, Hell Knights are lawful. They are lawful stupid. They are the stupidest lawful people. <laughs> like, don't have... Like, if you're going to play in Hell Knight and there's a rogue in your party, that's probably not going to work. Don't do that. Law, Hell Knights are lawful. Like, it's... It's it's literally, like, Hell Knights are lawful to the point of, you know, being willing to emulate Hell because that's how valuable they think adhering to the law is. Yeah. Um. And so, like, you know, this kind... Like... It makes sense when you, when you know kind of build it as like the order of the torrent is more kind of like uh, Tonric's personal cheerleading squad than a typical Hell Knight order, but uh, but I, so, so so that's kind of why at least I was kind of like, huh, you know, um, but yeah, I thought yeah it, I thought yeah it was no I I definitely uh, I definitely. Uh agree with that it's i mean that's you know i put that stuff in there for a reason more of it will come out uh in the next couple of sessions when you guys actually you know uh, when you, I, you when you sit down and have a conversation with chanrick and talk to him about like you know all of the stuff that happened with barzillai thrun um and everything like that i'm sure there will be even more kind of answers um to the, the answers to kind of like those kinds of questions, I guess. Um, Just out of curiosity, did you have a contingency in place in case we decided to say no, or we uh, we just like tried to steal the scroll? And uh, yeah, I had. A pre- I don't know if I want to tell you what happened. Uh, don't don't tell me. But I wanted to know if you were prepared for that. I was or- prepared for that. I was okay. prepared for that in a very loose way. In the same way, I think I told you on the cast earlier that um, if you guys didn't make a deal with Knox, it would have been off screened. That uh, Tonric would have basically raided the um, the long roads while you were gone, and then like killed Gondor and another person, kind of thing. I knew that that was going to be the case, right? In like the like the the you know uh, off chance, you know, like the off off chance that you decided to go down that path. And I also had an answer for kind of if you guys chose to you know fuck over the Hell Knights um, and bring back Gondor, that was definitely like a valid choice. Um, but, uh, it wasn't super, you know, like it wasn't super fleshed out. I would have had to do a lot of improvisation to kind of bridge the gap between the loose sketch of what I knew should happen and what, you know, what actually does happen. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I should write that down and remember to ask you at the end what you what what your actual plan was. Uh, uh, it'll actually curious. probably get revealed. In well, you might have to like it's one of those things where you'll get the information on probably what happens soon enough. Um, it's just like connecting that the you know connecting that dot. Uh, okay. It's pretty. It's actually pretty minor. I can tell you like I can tell you like two or three weeks from now on the cast probably. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah. Um, Neat. Yeah, and then we played Rune Lords. Uh, what did we do in Rune Lords, which was yesterday? We, we fought a giant sea monster. Oh, yeah, we fought the giant sea monster. I was absolutely useless that game. I did, like, barely anything. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know. You you, you got some hits in. You got some I did, yeah, I did eventually get into a place where I could just hit it with full attacks uh, over and over again, which was nice. But um, the first part of that was just, like, you know, trying to position effectively right. was pretty rough. Yeah, we also like that's the start right there of things getting stupid. Um that that fight. Um I'm gonna actually export it to you. I've started exporting the Rune Lords to YouTube now. Um because we had the recap episode, I think I mentioned this last podcast, but uh This fight was like Rufus and Wooden Wanderer being stupid with mythic power. Yeah, um, I definitely I yep, I one hundred percent got that. Um part of it for, so the thing for Wooden Wanderer is the thing that's kept like Kept Wooden Wanderer from being, like, the typical nine-level spellcaster or whatever happens is that, like, I pick spells that are thematic rather than powerful most of the time. Um, and then my mythic power lets me cast any spell. So, like, I can kind of do whatever. And it's it's a lot of fun, obviously. I animated a boat. I turned into a bush. Um, but it's... I think this is where things are going to start to get silly almost. Just because... One mythic inherently kind of brings you in that direction, yeah. Uh, brings you to places where things are are, are faintly silly, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Um, I am interested. Uh, I I'm not quite on board with like the mythic system yet. Mostly as a result of I haven't spent enough time with it, um, but. Uh, I'm I'm interested. I'm sure we'll do you know in a couple of uh, in a couple of weeks, you know maybe after sometime after Gen Con we'll do a mythic focused episode itself. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. That, I think that's I think that's definitely a good idea. So. So yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about about that fight? No, not really. I guess it was you know it was uh, it was pretty straightforward. I like fights like that to a certain extent. Um, I I thought um. Uh, I, I like, you know, like the map and the big kind of, you know, it shouldn't surprise anyone because Seven Samurai is my favorite movie. But I'm a huge fan of the kind of trope of a couple of, you know, like a couple of heroes defend a uh, defend a village that I'm, I'm always down. Uh, I'm always down for that. Makes sense. Um uh, do if that's all of tabletop, then we move into uh, video games. Did you play any interesting video games this week aside from Inside? Uh, yeah, I played Inside. I played. Uh, I haven't really been doing all that much besides WoW. I've been playing Poco like the actual Pokemon games. Um, playing Pokemon Go and especially thinking about it from like a critical perspective has made me realize that at the end of the day, 
I when I play Pokemon Go, what I really want to be doing is playing actual Pokemon. And I have a Nintendo DS, and I have Pokemon games. So I'm now I've been playing Pokemon Soul Silver basically uh, instead of Pokemon Go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, no, yeah. I myself have fallen off the uh, the Pokemon Go train hard. Um, I don't know, like even even times when it's like like sometimes I pull it out when I'm walking to work. Um, and if other people at work are doing it, I'll do it, but it's, like, not something I'll put effort into on my own independently anymore. It's just, like, not compelling, right? If I wanted to grind, I'll play more World of Warcraft. Um, yeah, I, it's one of those things I definitely do like, uh, I definitely do like grinds in the right context, um, but that's just... It's just not one that I'm ever going to get down uh, and dirty for is the grind itself. Like the, if, if your grind is interesting on a minute to minute level, like a second to second level, right? I can grind forever in World of Warcraft because, you know, hitting these buttons on these cooldowns is actually pretty cool. Um and the, you know, like, and just little things, right? Like the animations are satisfying, right? Like all, you know, like all of this other kind of stuff. But just spinning a pokeball and throwing a pokeball is there's not enough there from a gameplay mechanics perspective for me. Like, what what am I going to do? Master how to throw a pokeball? It's like, come on, you know, that's just entirely uninteresting. Um, and I think, honestly, you know, if I think that of anything as being, like, the greatest, greatest failing of uh, of the game, I think it's that. I think I, think I could comfortably agree with that. Um, huh. Well, uh, I don't know. I think I might try and try it again maybe at some point, just just for the social aspects. Right, like, it's a thing that young people, or we're not that young anymore, but thing that people our age are are doing, you know, all the time everywhere. So, you know, may, maybe it's worth it for that for for that aspect, right? Like, maybe it's worth getting a Facebook for the, you know similar reasons type of deal. So I, I might venture into it again a little bit down the road, but mm-hmm. until- yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I definitely I definitely feel that. Um... I don't know. Maybe I, you know, I'll probably still do. Uh, I'll still do it a little bit, and maybe like I kind of come back to it, maybe in however long that takes to it. Like it takes to like maybe get no new Pokemon or something like that. Maybe they could win me back. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know that. I don't know that you can win me back to that game without a huge redesign of the the like kind of core gameplay loops i think uh i think at the end of the day those are just too rickety to really support uh a compelling experience for me i think i think i agree with that um i think frankly long term that'll be a problem for pokemon as well i like so people have been digging and apparently there are ivs in this game which i think is a massive mistake what yeah um oh my god wow okay um, and there are people who are already obsessing over that, and, like, they brought over all the bad parts of, of, of original, like, I'm not gonna say that the IVs were necessarily bad in Pokemon, mm-hmm. like, I, I do enjoy the idea that, like, there's a little bit of, uh, a variance between individuals of a species, that's kind of represented in the IVs, 
Um, the issue there, I think, really is that um, at the highest levels of play, people are obsessive, and you have to, in order to be competitive at that level, you have to breed like a thousand Pokemon and do a bunch of stuff that I don't really care about. Um, and I think that for a social game like this, if those, if like breeding a perfect Pokemon or not breeding, you have to catch them, I guess, is a, is an important factor in taking gyms. It's going to cause problems for this game long-term. Um, yeah. But then again, if no one's playing it in a month, who knows? Um, Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. Uh, but uh, that's enough about Pokemon Go. Uh, what else did I play? You know, World of Warcraft is the same, same stuff, normal stuff. I've been doing old raids for Transmog. Transmog is great. Transmog is a lot great. of fun. I love all of it. Um, you know, so, so the worst thing has happened to me. I've had, like, a two-hour-long dry spell where I can't catch any Lunkers, and it's driving me crazy, and I don't know why. Um what? Lunkers for fishing. Oh, right. Yeah, you told me what those were. I was like, what Oh, you haven't done lunker? any of that, have you? I haven't done, I haven't done, like, any of that. Um, I'm definitely, you know, I like fishing, uh, I like fishing, especially in the RP context. Tonric, the original Tonric, the wow Tonric, who uh, has kind of been, like, subsumed into my overall, like, personal culture i guess um was a big fan of fishing you know he lived in uh he had a he lived in south shore and he you know he had a family and he always liked to go kind of fishing there and it was always a a super fun thing to do because like you know like while you're rping at the same time right you're just kind of hanging out at a dock talking with someone and every once in a while you kind of like throw out a line um it really, it really doesn't get much better than that. I really, that, some of my very best experiences in World of Warcraft have been uh, kind of that premise. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that you've been having a tough time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 been it's been it's it's my go-to thing to do while I'm waiting for like say a queue to pop. Is to I I fly somewhere different. I don't always stay in the same place, and I, I start fishing. It's, you know, it's a nice way to kind of take in this – because the, the game world's pretty pretty, right? Like you go to the mm-hmm. Grand, you walk around the Throne of Elements, you go to the coast there, you catch up some sea scorpions. Um, and like the past couple – and like when I'm feeling really lazy, you go like just outside of your garrison, you fish in one of the lava pools for fire ammonite. And I've been – and because I haven't been catching any, I've been going to that lava pool just to see if like I can break the dry spell. And it hasn't happened yet. It's making me, it's making me angry because I need to catch uh, – if I want the mount, I need to catch a hundred, and if I want the hat, I need to catch twenty-five, and I have twenty-two, so I need like theoretically a hundred and three more more lunkers caught um, to get the things that I want. Um, but you know, that'll that'll eventually smooth itself out. It's just mildly aggravating. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I feel that. How close are you to the legendary ring, or do you have it already? Uh, I'm like four five tomes away uh i i have to i have to do a little bit of hellfire citadel in order to get the ring itself and then i have a ridiculous amount of valor um that i'm basically just going to pump into the ring i plan on doing all of that this week by the way um because i'm reaching the valor cap of five thousand valor um but uh but uh, why why are you do you think you're gonna be able to finish it in time i don't know it'll be close to say the least so i am on the stage where you have to get the runes, and I got, I started doing the runes, I think, on Friday of last week, and I got 299 before the raid reset, so that's one of the three tablets you need. 
um, minus one, but you know that's the variance, right? Um, and you know I instantly got the the, the weekly catch up, which is seventy five runes, and so I think if I'm lucky in terms of like naval and uh, and garrison mission pops, mm-hmm. um, if I get a bunch of those over the next week, I'll get them. I'll get the third tablet sometime within the next raid cycle, which will okay. let me start. The tomes, but I don't know if I'll have enough time to get all the tomes. I think the tomes are next. Yeah, the tomes uh, are the last bit. You have to do a little bit of stuff in between them, um, naval gear, naval mission stuff. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, well, so I can do that in parallel, and I have been doing that in parallel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then, then you're probably going to be on tomes, basically. Um, exactly next. Yeah. Yeah. the The only thing I need to do is uh, I need to get to level three fishing gear or not fishing naval garrison. Which is only a problem because I'm not getting enough treasure missions spawning. Um, but, you know, that'll, I assume, will take care of itself for the next couple of days. Um, we'll see. Um, but, you know, it'll, like I said, it'll be, at the very least, it'll be close. Um, and hopefully I'll get it. Um, but, you know, that's about that with World. Did you have anything else you want to say about WoW? Nope. Uh, you know, I am, uh, uh, okay. I am solid. I played this. Uh, this game called um, RimWorld. Have you heard of it? No. Are you familiar with Dwarf Fortress at all? Yes. So RimWorld is a game that is in the style of Dwarf Fortress. It is um, not so. Dwarf Fortress is kind of like you know fantasy. This game is sci-fi. You you the the default scenario is uh, you play you play a, a set of crashed um, uh, crashed civilians looking for a. Uh, you know, trying to set up a home, and you kind of the 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 big thing is that you don't build things directly. You, know, you don't build a house like in say Minecraft. Is you lay down like where you want the house to be, and your workers will eventually get around to that. Um, and then they could not do that for a variety of reasons. Things like you know, oh, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling shitty today, right? Like the sun's like you know, I, it's been rainy all week, and I'm in a shitty mood, so I'm just gonna sit in my room and pout. Um, and things like that, and sometimes it can be really capricious. Like one of them was, one of them is like getting alert. It's like citizen is very angry, and I'm looking at it, it's like my somebody's got a bigger bedroom than me. I'm like, <laughs> fucking really? Or the, the the one that the one that always bothers me is like it's like poor beauty. Like I guess you can like make the area look prettier. It's like this is ugly. I hate this. I don't want to be here anymore. It's like I'm trying to build walls and solar panels and get like the farm up and running. I don't have time to make works of art. I'm sorry. Um type of deal. But it's uh it's... I uh, I feel I I play a couple I've played other games like that, not obviously this one. Um but I've never had to deal with such uh uh petty, I guess. Uh uh, citizens or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's fun. It's neat. It's more accessible than Dwarf Fortress. I can tell you that 110 for a fucking cent. Cause Dwarf Fortress is like, try, it's like trying to play. I don't know. It'd be like tr- throwing somebody into a mythic raid and wow. And like, it's their first time ever playing. Wow. And being like, go. And it's like, ah, um, and you know you, you die at like the first opportunity, and you just have to keep banging your head against that until you get it. Um, and I stopped doing that. But RimWorld, RimWorld has a decent amount of tutorials, and it's, and the the so it's this is actually kind of a neat system. Um, they've got three storytellers, is what they call them, and they're they're essentially difficulty levels. 
uh, or no, they've got a separate difficulty level system as well, which is how, how much danger there is. But the three storytellers, one like gradually ramps it up. The other one kind of like gives you long periods of builds before big events that are, that are, that are, uh, that are, um, you know, aggressive and, and very impactful. And if you can't survive them, you're kind of fucked. And then the last guy is just like random, you know, you just throw the random number generator at you, which um, I think is a neat way of doing this kind of game, right? Because like, for my first playthrough, I'm doing the regular one because that I think will introduce you to the mechanics, right? Um, but like, you know, the hardcore kind of simulation to me wants to play the random one um, just because, you know, like, you know, sometimes life isn't fair. And for games like this, which are, they're not really like, they're not roguelikes, but they're kind of like, they kind of have that kind of aspect to them where stuff start, starts to go south. It's kind of like, well, maybe it's time to start a new save um, type of deal. Um, and, and that kind of thing really appeals to me as, 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 a, as a player. Um, so I'm probably gonna spend some more time with that in the future. Um, it's an early access right now. It's 30 bucks. Um, I'd give it a soft recommend. Um, I think it's fun. I also don't know how, this is my first foray into this genre super deep. Like I said, I've, I've, I've dabbled with Dwarf Fortress. Right. Um, so I don't know how it stacks up, but I'm enjoying it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really done that kind of thing, um, I guess, like, yeah, I really just haven't done anything even close, I guess, uh, to to Dwarf Fortress um, personally. But uh, it, it is always kind of like one of those, like, minefields that I have wanted to uh, dig into a bit and haven't gotten around to. So perhaps maybe there is some... Uh, Rim worlds in my future. Who knows? <laughs> um, there's only one. There's one other thing I wanted to bring up before we got onto inside, and that is is in the six point one five League of Legends patch notes. Not that either of us have played in a while, but they released some changes to, um, kind of pretty clearly discourage lane swapping in the professional scene. Um, and friend and former special guest of the show. Alex Zell pointed out to us, this is the none of the things that we suggested um, to do it. Um, he was, of course, not so nice about it, but, you know, that's Zell for you. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and uh, so that, so for those at home that don't know, the changes are fortification no longer extends or no longer applies to bottom outer turrets. And uh, fortification is up to 50%. So it's a differential of instead of 35 on all turrets, it's 50% on the top and middle turrets and 0% fortification being damage reduction. Um, it's a uh, 50% on the top turrets and middle turrets and 0% on the, uh, on the bottom turrets. Um, and this pretty clearly is designed to say, and also the other big change that I almost forgot about is that there is first blood for towers. Now which gives a total of 400 team gold, 275 local gold, and then 25 per hero globally. Um, and so this pretty clearly is so that if you do a lane swap, if your team, if you're the one that ends the the team that ends up top, um, you're going to lose a pretty hefty amount of gold, um, and so it seems to be like it's going to force two v twos in the bottom lane much more often. Uh, um, see, I actually, I, you know, you I, this? I actually kind of like the turret first blood. I think the turret first blood is a very clever way to 
solve this problem. But the thing is, is that the turret first blood doesn't come unless you have the fortification change. So I actually think that they should have done it. Um, that w they had an earlier version of these patch notes where um, <clears throat> the cannon minion waves spawned in each individual lane at different intervals, right? It started in the bottom lane, and then it went mid in the next minion wave, and then the minion wave after that, it went top lane, right? Um, and I think that is the ideal solution, and that fortification is not, right? Because then what it says is like, look, if you lane swap, whoever's in that bottom lane is going to get the cannon minion first, and that means they're going to take the tower first. You you have to put your 2v2 down there if you want to stop that from happening, uh, essentially. Um and so that, to me, seems the the kind of uh, ideal solution, almost. Um, but I have heard through not very inside sources that the coaches of the LCS uh, got together and they requested, essentially, that that cannon minion change be dropped. And so it was. Uh, and now, because, so, okay, to back up a little bit, you have to pair the first blood gold with something else in order to make it meaningful right because right? otherwise then whoever takes the top for <clears throat> right for, for, yeah so now it seems that they're fastening that first blood gold to the uh to the fortification which i don't like uh because that is an invisible kind of inc it's just like a really a weird hard thing to see right uh whereas cannon minions are much much clearer um instead of fastening it to the cannon minions which i just i i I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I'm a big believer in trusting the devs, right? I think that the devs are smarter than you and that, you know, the lion's share of the time, I probably should use that, you know, 75% of the time, right, you should trust the devs uh, to have a better understanding of this than you do, right? Because me hearing about this right now and then coming out with the judgment three minutes later, I have very obviously thought about this a lot less than they have kind of thing, right? Uh, but I don't, I, you know, I just don't see offhand what about those minion changes was so detrimental that it couldn't go forward and i imagine it's going to be something very nuanced i imagine i could find it if i maybe tweeted at the right people um kind of thing but ah oh, god i don't know yeah so the the thing that the thing that i don't like about it in particular um is that i think the fortification i think fortification as a mechanic is opaque and unknown and non-obvious um yeah. like i think New players especially, and I think the majority of the people that play the game won't know about this change. I think the majority of the people that play this game don't know about fortification in the first place. Um, like, I, I don't, you know, I had mostly forgotten about it. It kind of was sitting somewhere in the back of my mind. Um, it doesn't particularly matter when it's even, right? Because even if the towers are stronger, it just kind of makes the fast push less fast. Um, but I think this is going to be a thing where, like, you're not going to understand, like, like it's 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 going to be like a, a very inside thing, um, a, a very technical level thing as to as to why this strategy, like th this, is done the way it is, and and that this even exists. Um, and while I don't think that that's necessarily detrimental to the game, because most people play the game, uh, quote unquote, in the correct format, you know, two bot, one mid, one jungle, one top, anyway. Right, right. Um, I think that that kind of opaqueness is not good. From kind of like just uh, just kind of a design level, um, and I so I have been thinking about this a little bit myself, and uh, my thought 
as to maybe the the way to kind of fix this a little bit. Um, like, because as you said, first blood gold um needs to be paired with something else. And my thoughts were maybe something like either um like a very early dragon that's worth gold, like the old old dragons were, um to kind of like encourage there to be two people bottling because you need to be able to get that you know worth like four hundred gold, right. um or a first blo- uh, first blood on the on the dragons essentially, and I think that that kind of would incentivize people to the bot lane without kind of having these weird asymmetric. I, I really also hate asymmetrical things like this. Yeah, I, I definitely. Lane- well, so actually, I don't mind it in. I don't mind it in a lot of senses. I especially don't mind it in the in like the extremely obvious sense, right? For instance, in top lane, the brushes on the on the one side of the wall, there are three small brushes, and in bottom lane, there are two sure. large brushes, right? Technically, that's asymmetrical, but it's you know. Anyone with eyes, I guess, you know, knows that that's the case. Sure. And so it is extremely obvious. But the fortification is definitively not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, to be honest, I almost wonder if they, you know, like, and this is kind of a spitball, but I almost wonder if they should just lean into this as hard as possible. I think there's a world where top, mid, and bot turrets each behave uniquely that you could probably come out with. You you could probably oh, you know make what? that's it. absolutely correct because yeah. like if when you think about how the Nexus turrets have that laser you know like have that laser or whatever um, I think that there's plenty of room in order to make a very you know like maybe the bot lane turret uh, you know maybe the bot lane you, you turret could, you could even pair this with some small like map and lore changes right like the top lane is the Badlands and the Badlands towers are tougher yeah, because exactly what I mean, right? normally like, sandstorms up there or the, whatever the, that represents. You know, in the top, you're right, in the top lane, right, You sh- they shoot arrows, right? And the arrows do something specific. In the mid lane, they shoot cannonballs and the cannonballs do a little bit of aoe damage and then the bottom lane has conventional turrets right and i can see that they behave differently and i can see that this one turret has more kind of shielding on it than this other turret kind of thing i think that 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 is hypothetically the best way to go about uh to go about enacting changes along these lines um but uh really even as i kind of say that i think um I don't know. It's kind of like making the that that's 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 making lemonade out of lemons. You know what I mean? It's making the, it's making the um, best I mean, of I, the bad situation. I, I, I think I think that works though, because I think like so. I think this this is gonna sound weird, but like this it's kind of like going back to to kind of the the basics and kind of reinventing a little bit what what law and what mobas are kind of a little bit. Uh, from, from the from the start, which I think is okay, um, like, uh, like that's something like jungle is essentially like started out as that in Dota one, right? Like, yeah, um, the the way you jungled, the the way that 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 kind of happened is kind of like a consequence of things, and that kind of morphed into its own lane in that way, um, and so I think that, and and that that got obviously got caught. Uh, brought into law as kind of a base mechanic and so it doesn't seem weird to change it like that i think it's kind of like like i think if you were making law 2 and you made it that way it wouldn't feel wrong and so i don't think switching it to that way would be wrong as as a result i think that the reason it feels a little weird is because of our preconceived notions about what league of legends and what you know this dota model moba should be um and i think that that's something 
that the devs should feel free to, to mess around with. Yeah, uh, I do kind of hope that they do that. I actually am a little bit, um, you know, they did that one recent game mode thing, uh, like the Nexus Siege game mode. I didn't play it. I haven't played League in two months, um, but uh, almost to the day. Two months from two days ago. Um, uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a I don't know that I have a good answer for this, but uh, uh, we'll we'll see how this develops in the future. I definitely agree that lane swaps are inherently incredibly hard to deal with. Um, it, I, I think it's a fundamental problem for an objective based game because the game wants to be action all the time, but yep. the game the game is actually you know. Uh, take the objective, and if there's a more effective way to take the objective that isn't fighting other people, then you know that that's the way that's going to eventually win out, which uh, is less exciting uh, to watch. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. But uh, the one last thing that I wanted to mention, I promise, really quickly, is that Comic Con was last week, and Justice League footage came out, and yes, loyal listeners, I now have a gigantic erection. That's true. I, oh have my you god! Have seen a doctor? No, have one of those for more than four <laughs> I, yeah, hours. Yeah, he probably should. Uh, the Aquaman stuff in there was great. Uh, I, uh, I imagine you know maybe we'll do a Suicide Squad episode. I want to. I probably want to do a Suicide Squad episode. Okay. Um, maybe we'll talk about it a little more in depth there. But uh, holy shit, that Wonder Woman trailer, mm, that Justice League trailer, mm, like yeah, let's do it. Um, but I don't want to take up any more time, so that's just, uh, I just wanted to mention that. And Inside uh, is a yes. game that we played. Inside, Inside. Uh, I played it last Thursday. Buddy is, l- like, literally finished it and watched the bonus ending on YouTube um, right before we recorded this. Um, it's been critically lauded, loved by people everywhere. Um, I think this is a game that in many ways kind of uh, falls into the the good for reviewers kind of set because it's a four hour game that you can fin- go from back to finish and, and, and complete and get a full picture of the game. So I think reviewers like it for that reason. In, in some ways we're like, it's, it's an easy to review game in that way. Um, um, and I think we're going to keep the first part of this episode a little a bit spoiler free, but at some point we're going to go full spoiler mode and I'll try and demarcate that when it happens. But first impressions, buddy, you just finished it. What did you think? Um, what do I think? Uh, so, you know, first impressions is that this game is better than I liked it. It is more good than than it than it than it appeals to my specific tastes and preferences. Um, which is kind of you know like I I actually think that there's really not a lot quote unquote wrong with a game like this. Um, but it's really kind of almost like an up your alley thing. Yeah, um, I feel that. The, uh, the narrative, you know, so, um, if, you know, to, uh, to bring back an old joke from like 20 episodes ago, if I were to head back into my leather chair with my velvet robe and a little, a little, you know, glass of scotch, uh, pretentious buddy would say that this was a very shallow experience, uh, and that I prefer, you know, deeper uh, kind of uh, pools to dive into. There's not a lot of themes to, you know, parse. There's, you know, there there isn't, you know, from a from a like a like an Aristotelian perspective. Remember, I'm still in my leather chair, boys and girls. Uh, 
there there isn't a lot of pathos, logos, ethos, right? There's not the 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 ideas on display are not complex or nuanced or interesting really. Uh there's not much in the way of character or character development. Um there isn't basically any kind of conventional plot in in I mean there really there is a there is a plot but it is incredibly skeletal and bare bones. Um but what it lacks in all of those areas and those are the areas that it loses me. Uh it makes up for in kind of atmosphere. Uh the atmosphere and the immersive qualities of this game are you know they're just second to none, you know. And um they if you're that kind of gamer and you can get pulled in by that kind of game uh i think that it will go very very far for you that's i think that's a that's a a pretty fair assessment i might have to challenge you a little bit about the depth of the story later but i obviously don't want to get into this now in the non-spoiler portion um from my side i have heard people saying that this is like game of the year already i have heard people saying that this is a near perfect game i don't agree with those it's game of the year um I don't agree with those opinions. I actually know um, it's not game of the year. Total War Warhammer is better than this game. <laughs> what other games have come out this year? Overwatch is better than this Dark game. Dark so- I think I personally think that Dark uh, Souls yeah. 3 is better. Um, I, I think I think on a, I think that Dark Souls 3 is better at this game than this game in a lot of ways. Like I think this Dark Souls 3 can beat this game at its own game in in a, in a number of ways, but I think it also does some things extraordinarily well and like I don't know if, like, you know, in, in ways that are, like, kind of, like, like, as you said, the atmosphere is very good. The thing that really struck me is actually the animations. The animations are near perfect. And I they definitely look that, yeah. so real. I, the game isn't particularly high fidelity, but, like, everything looks kind of realistic. There's a, there's ports, portions of time where you, like, you know, a group of people kind of lifts you up on their shoulders, and that looks almost perfect and that to me was an incredible visual treat um it just like that kind of thing pulled into it i thought it's kind of non-storytelling storytelling was very good i thought a lot of the imagery was excellent um i thought it had one of the greatest moments of foreshadowing i've seen in a game in a long time um which i'll get into in the, in the spoiler section um and i think it also built this really really cool world that i'm actually kind of sad that we don't get a deeper deeper uh glance into oh see um, okay so that's something i actually want to touch on yes i am sad that they didn't get deeper into this world right but i don't think it's because the world itself is you know especially uh you know, compelling or interesting. I think it's because they underserved it, right? The reason I'm hungry for more is because it was so light in the first place. Look, you can, you can, if I'm a starving guy, right? And you feed me one piece of lettuce. Yes, I'm going to go. I want, I want to eat the rest of that fucking salad, right? But that doesn't mean that that (laughs) salad is good. It just means I'm really hungry for, for more, right? And I think that that's kind of, where where it comes down. I also think I I thought that this game was better than it was at first. Um because I was I was very caught up in the world itself, but then I began to kind of mentally compare it to other games that I would kind of put in this genre um or 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 uh kind of uh 
you know, like what you know, like what would I say is a comparable game to Inside? And I came across some very easy answers that showed to me exactly how much I didn't think of this game. Uh, particularly, the answer that came to mind was Portal Two, uh, Portal One, both portals, right? You know, they're fundamentally this kind of like puzzle game that had that same kind of quality. Um, but both of those games actually did have all of those pieces that I was talking about before, right? There is a lot of nuance. There's there's a story. There's in, you know, interesting characters, themes that work, right? All this other stuff um, that I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get in a tizzy over. Um, and, you know, maybe if there was a voiceover in Inside, it would have ruined some of the immersive qualities. I could kind of get in, you know, I could kind of agree with you there, right? But I think that if you had a voiceover of the quality of, you know, what what's that guy's name? Johnson? Uh uh, in in Portal Two, the J.K. Simmons character, right? Like you know oh, that Cave voice, Johnson, Cave Johnson, yeah, yeah, Cave Johnson, right? That voice is so you, you, that the one three minute speech he has about when life gives you lemons, you throw the lemons, you know, throw the lemons at God's face, fuck you know, fuck the lemons or whatever it was. That one speech has more like meat to chew on than the entirety of Inside. Um, I, I also think that. Like, there are ways to do kind of, like, what, like, so, my go-to game for this is kind of, like, Bastion. Um, you know, my, my personal favorite game, and I think Rux kind of fills, the, the old, the narrator in that game yeah. kind of fills the same role, and I think that was done incredibly well. Um, and I, I think I can agree with you on, on some of those things. I think this game kind of relies on the, I don't want to spoil anything, because I do, th so... Before we get any further, I do want to clarify that I think this is a good game and I think it's worth your time. Um, yep, I agree with that one thousand um, percent. I normally, I normally have my like. I don't think Gone Home is worth retail price. I think this game is worth retail price of twenty dollars for four hours. Um, and I know that you, buddy, don't like to think in those terms, but I do like to think in those terms. I think there's enough here that it's that it's that it's worth it. Um, See, I mean, even if I do think in those terms, I agree with you. Um, and that is probably the most expensive. I mean, that's five dollars an hour, which is like, you know, I you know I go to movies all the time, and I see movies in the theater constantly um, because I think that's kind of how movies are meant to be watched, so to speak. Um, but that's you know that's probably the same rate at which I pay for entertainment, right? You know, it's about five bucks an hour. Um, I'm more that it's a little bit more than that kind of thing. But most of my games are exceedingly cheap, right? How many hours have I put into World of Warcraft? This this month, I resubscribed two weeks ago, right? But I've already probably put in, you know, what, 50, 60 hours on a $15 retail price? That's a quarter. You know, that's a quarter an hour. Um, so to say that, yes, this is worth $5 an hour is is a big – that's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, um, the, the only other thing I kind of want to say before I jump into the spoiler section was, um, was that uh, – I think the game's puzzles are pretty easy, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it kind of lets you experience the game at a good clip without, um, without kind of uh, you know interrupting you or, or or interrupting the experience. Like I, I was made this joke to you before off the cast, but you know I said it's it's not a game and it's it's an experience. Um, and although I'm, I'm kind of joking when I say that, I do think that that holds true. I think that making the puzzles absurdly complicated and difficult, like some of the puzzles in Limbo were, um, would in some ways take away from the atmosphere of this game. 
Um, and so I'm fine with that, but I also think that that as a whole kind of like, you, you said this in the past, you know, you, you talk about like execution versus like potential. I think that having to have that puzzle threshold lower kind of brings down the potential a bit on this game, right? Like I think Bastion managed to be a, a challenging game without interrupting the story. Um, kind of go back to my gold standard. Um, and I, and while I, I enjoy this game immensely, I do think that kind of the, uh, the general simplicity of the puzzles was, uh, to its, 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 its detriment in, in potential, if that makes sense. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think it's tough with puzzle games. I really do. Um, I think of myself as being good at puzzle games. Um, but I don't actually know that that's the case because it's not like I've ever actually, you know, I haven't played the witness for instance, and I don't ever fucking plan to. Um, but I also think that, you know, the puzzles in this game weren't particularly difficult. One puzzle legit stumped me, uh, and I had to look it up to figure it out. Um, but besides that, uh, I didn't really have too much trouble with the puzzles from, like, a difficulty perspective. And I think that that's kind of what you have to get it there, because puzzle games are in a game like Mass Effect 2. When I die, right, uh, I have a lot of options when it comes to changing up my strategy in order to move forward, right? Um, a lot of it can be split, you know, it can be split second stuff, right? I wasn't, you know, maybe I need to hit a certain DPS threshold, right? Which means that I need to hit an average of, you know, one headshot out of every four shots I take kind of thing. And I can break it down to kind of like super math, that, that like super math version of it. Um, but... At the end of the day, uh, the the options I have when it comes to Mass Effect 2 to try new things in order to beat that game um, are quite high. And I don't actually think that that's much of the case uh, in puzzle games by their yes. nature. I think for most puzzle games, you kind of – you you – the typical path for a puzzle game, and the typical path for me and Inside, was I hit a puzzle, I fail at it a little bit, and then I kind of figure, and then those failures point me towards how to appropriately put the pieces together um, to move forward, right? And I think that that's, by the way, that is the proper-ish way to, um, you know, the, to, to approach kind of puzzle games in general, Um but I don't know that I can really, you know, I don't know that I can really say that this game, this felt easy to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. This felt easy to me. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't think difficulty is really what you're signing up for or what you, you know, should uh, be signing up for. Ab absolutely. Um, but I think, I think you bring up a very good point that like puzzle games by their nature have a, uh, kind of have, like, a solution, and, um, you know, outside of kind of, like, logic puzzles or generic, like, like you, you can make a generic freeform puzzles, but these these puzzles, which are all set-piece puzzles, um, kind of need, a, like, uh, a, a solution that by their nature has got to be, like, kind of obvious, or else it risks running into the absurd, like, the old adventure or point-and-click 
level of stupid where you where you put the uh, the rubber chicken on on the uh, on the zip line to, to yeah do- where you just start spamming click on the screen to try and find out where you know uh, yeah <laughs> Ex- exactly um, and so I think that I think that this game might be kind of the best a puzzle game can be. Uh, if that makes sense, in, in terms of, in, in like, you know... In, in, in the ter- puzzles themselves? Yeah, in, in the way that mechanics okay. contribute to this game, I think that that might be true. I um, think, th- I kind of agree with that. Um, like, Purely from a mechanics perspective. Um, like uh, it, it did feel a lot to me like Portal, which was also kind of the same thing, right? Where right. Um, I failed a little bit, uh, and then eventually I succeeded. Um, sure. Um, but Portal also had, like, a... Portal had like a like an action component to it as well, like a like a kind of dexterity component to it. Um, I mean, it, you know, a lot of it wasn't just plain setup, but like, it's not so much you know shifting pieces around as much as as this game was, which was you know kind of like figure out how to. I think well, so I so I think I like Portal Two a lot. Uh, I I'm always kind of up in the air about which one is better from Portal One or Portal Two. I think Portal Two has the stronger, more robust kind of story from a written perspective and all that kind of thing. Um, but I also think that the puzzles are worse because Portal Two kind of fell into this problem of like it only showed um, kind of you know like when you went into a puzzle room, it wasn't that the entire room could be portaled, right? It was There was, like, four squares. It, yeah, there were, like, four choice. squares, and you kind of had to figure out what combination of which portals go where. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's inherently a little bit weaker than the kind of freeform aspect of what Portal 1 was. To be fair, I actually think that that... I, th- I think that that is a fair criticism to Levy. Um, it, it is a constricting thing, right? But at the same time, I also think that it allowed for better stuff to happen. The way that you really get to explore um, all throughout uh, whatever the uh, – I can't remember the uh, – I wanted to say Abstergo, but I know that's Assassin's Aperture. Creed. Aperture. Uh, to go all throughout the Aperture Labs, right, and to go into these kind of ancient subsections and hear these old voice recordings, all that stuff. I think all of that stuff is amazing. I think that that is tr- a, a tremendous, uh, probably the biggest improvement upon Portal 1. Um, but it also it kind of had, like, the, the, the unfortunate side effect of... Uh, constraining the constraining the actual puzzles themselves a little bit too much uh but yeah i think i kind of agree that you know the the puzzles here were they were interesting they were dynamic um they were um uh i mean you were you were listening to me play the back half uh of this and i just kept saying like oh then you know that's clever right like you know where uh you 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 have to think outside the box uh in order to solve a problem and that's exactly what you know. It's exactly kind of what happens. Um, yeah, there, there yeah. are. I mean, one thing I'll say is that there, something that's usually a danger with puzzle games is like, you know, it's kind of like why would any person like be doing this type of deal? Um, and I think that this game kind of, to its credit, like there was only a couple times where I was like, well, that's convenient or whatever. Where like things just happen to line up perfectly, and I was oh. kind of taken out of it. <laughs> I well, I mean, I don't get, to, uh, I don't hold this kind of thing against most of my media, games included. But uh, I very early on 
kind of noticed. There's a lot of places where if I could move in three directions, why the fuck would I move forward, right? Like, okay, yeah. I you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if from a, from a, a, a kind of um, a game space point of view, I think that the spaces of this game were very cool and they, and they were very well articulated and they were, um, you know, like for from a, like a cinematographic kind of term, they were... Um, they had good composition and everything like that. But because I couldn't go deep, I, I did find myself in some obvious positions where I'm like, well, why don't I just go around? You know, like, why don't I just go around this thing? Right? Like, yeah. Um, or why don't, you know, there's clearly a door on the other side of this wall. Why am I, you know, putting a box on top of another box and then riding that box's air jet onto the second level when I could just walk across the room to that door <laughs> like um, yeah the the uh the one that got me the worst i think was uh there's a point where you are on a platform that has like a drop off on either like it's, it's like a it's like an isolated platform and mm-hmm. uh and if you walk off either side you will fall and die but in 3d space at the back of the platform there's a there's a staircase like attach that. Oh yeah, form. I saw that. I'm just like, that was... like that really got me. I'm like, why? Like you know, you could have just not had that staircase there, and it wouldn't have bothered me as much. Yeah. Um, but I think we're starting to get into kind of like the the little things, which I think means we might want to switch over in, in, into spoiler uh, territory. That sound Fair about enough. right to you? That's good to me. Yes. All sir. right. This is your spoiler warning. From this point forward, there will be major spoilers for the game Inside by Playdead. If you wish to experience the game without being spoiled, stop listening now. Um, all right. So that I think that's a sufficient warning. Um, so what did you think of like of of the end in particular, the kind of the the the, the tumor, the tumor ball, um, as as it were. Um, that that whole sequence at the very end. It was. Uh, God, I don't even really know how to articulate how I feel about it. I think it was appropriate uh, and almost kind of weirdly beautiful. But I don't think, you know, like, I'm a big fan of digging into and trying to find meaning for things, right? I'm the guy that connects all the different times that people in Superman's supporting cast talk about, you know, the their, you know, the, the woman in their life, the person that they love being, quote unquote, their world. And I can say, this is, you know, this is kind of how we define, you know, Superman's thematic gross across the movie, right? I, I, I love, I do this kind of stuff all the time. I love this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know that there's a deeper meaning there. I don't know that there's anything more, uh, you know, like more complex or more uh, more to dig into the way that I always kind of want to with with you know endings like this because the ending is the period of the sentence right it's the part where you get to you get to conclude all of the kind of ideas that you've put forth so far but when a game doesn't really go out of its way to put forth any ideas in the first place what kind of conclusion can you really have besides taking making an image making the 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 best looking image that you possibly can and then hoping that 
you know, if you show someone something that looks good, right, if you show something a beautiful thing, that will give the player closure. Um, I, I mean, that's that's a pretty harsh indictment of, of the game or whatever, but that's kind of how I feel about it um, in, a, in, a, in a grander in a grander sense. Huh. Okay, I, I think I feel that. I, I think that, that there are also... I think part of the thing this game wants to do is kind of generate the generate a level of like fervor and discussion about what's happening in the game and like yeah. what's really happening a la say inception sure. um and i think for a large part it's been successful and i think that's part of why it's so critically acclaimed is that there's like a lot that you're left wanting to know but i think that also kind of falls into the trap that you were talking about before where like you know you give a hungry man a single leaf of lettuce and he'll want more lettuce even if lettuce if even if it's boring iceberg lettuce yeah um and I don't think that this is iceberg lettuce, but I also don't think it's like the filet mignon that people make it out to be. Um, like I've heard it, I, like you know, one particularly clever interpretation that I that I heard is that um, it's a metaphor for cancer. That the blob is a tumor, um, and that you know you're wearing a red shirt and you're a red blood cell, and then you're a white blood cell, and you attack the tumor, and then you bring it outside of the body. Um, but I don't think anything else in the game really fits with that. I don't think the mind control thing makes any sense with any of that. Um, or like the, I guess maybe like the, the explosion room is supposed to be like the lungs breathing. That would be weird. Um, but like, I, I just didn't see enough there to support that. I thought it was a neat, neat idea. And when I didn't think about it too hard, I was like, Wait, oh, sorry. I, no, what? I'm so confused. This is a theory. So... This game, being as kind of loose as it is with the storytelling, has a lot of fan theories. And one of the theories right. is is that the whole game is a metaphor for cancer. And that you are essentially like a, a cell um, tr trying to expunge the cancer. And when you go into the chamber with the, um, with the blob, you are a white blood cell. You know, like the one that's responsible for removing impurities yeah. from the body. And you take control of this blob, blob and you bring it outside the body and you kind of, like, solve the cancer or something. Um, I don't remember the theory exactly because when I thought about it for a while, I thought it didn't make much sense. And so I kind of discarded it. But I thought it was a kind of clever interpretation. Um, uh, I mean, I guess I kind of agree. Um, there's some other things, too, that I think are cool um, that maybe you haven't – like, these are things that had to be pointed out to me. Um, the people in the game are all wearing masks, um, and your character, like, everybody appears to have no face, as, like, that's the design, but right. if you look closely, the, the people in the game are wearing masks, right. and your character just doesn't have a face, implying is, like, it appears that the zombie people that you control with the mind control device are not regular people they're like a specifically bred zombie people because of that like that's what the no, the no face means and because you have no face you are so this this goes back to the secret the secret ending has in the in the cornfield beneath the cornfield and in a possible to see fucking door there's a bunker and if you unplug all of the the little orbs and then you play the right connect the the right uh the right melody on the door unlocker which is played a couple times in in You'll open the door and you'll get an alternate ending where there's a mind control thing. What appears to be another blob-like thing, like a lot stringier, a lot more fungusy looking, um, uh, inside of it. 
and then you walk over and you can you unplug that and then your body crumples over as if that control box was controlling you um essentially if the um or maybe it was controlling somebody or something like that um and so um like that's a whole kind of like other thing like what's really happening here again i do think it falls into this kind of like you know it's kind of like that is more for them not explaining things than for it being kind of like it's good on its own feet um yeah i mean God. yeah I, it's exactly how i feel about that um I, I appreciate fan theories like this. Um, and I appreciate it in a... So, the only... I think there are two uh, versions of things that I can think of that have done this kind of storytelling right. And one of them doesn't even really count. Uh, the first one is Five Nights at Freddy's. So are you, like, up on, like, all of the Five Nights at Freddy's kind of mythology? Um, I think I... I don't know if I know four or five, but I, I was up to uh, up to like three or four. I I I, uh, I, I read the lore. Okay, so three three is the one where you get. Um, I think his name's like. Tra, uh, tra, uh, Springjack. Springjack. Oh, is, oh the uh, puppet. Is the, yeah, is the the one puppet is like the kind of decomposed animatronic um, called Springjack. Um, and uh, Five Nights at Freddy's 4 is the one where you're in the little kid's mind. Have you done that one at all? I don't think so. Uh, no, okay. I have, I've not heard about this at all, actually. Um, so Five Nights at Freddy's, I think, is incredibly deep and incredibly complex and incredibly interesting. Um, and it definitely does, like, the little story morsels that make you want to eat more, right? But in the way that it's like, oh, you know, you just had one, you know... I don't you know, I don't know what a fucking, uh, you had one lobster thing and you want to eat more and it's so good, right? It's so good, right? Um, it's not, it's not just cause you're hungry. It's because it's legitimately fucking amazing. Um, that's, that's what Five Nights at Freddy's was, right? You know, Five Nights at Freddy's one, you have this pretty straightforward story, right? But then, you know, you can kind of see that there's, you know, oh, in the background, there's these murders, right? Things might not be exactly as they seem. Five Nights at Freddy's 2 really opens a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of secrets to unlock and everything like that. Five Nights at Freddy's, th Five Nights at Freddy's 3 seems to explain everything, right? And then Five Nights at Freddy's 4 comes along and it kind of breaks, um, it kind of breaks everything down, um... So that you ha you, it, 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 you basically create a story out of the Lego pieces of this universe, and it's a good story. It makes a lot of sense, you know. Like there's, there's, you know, uh, there's all the stuff that you look for in that kind of story. And then Five Nights at Freddy's Four comes, and it, you know, and it demolishes that that Lego house. But it also like leaves kind of the impression that there's another, you know, that there's something greater to be built out of here. And that's exactly that's that's this stuff. Working at, oh, excuse me, that's this stuff working at its apex, right? You know, people all over the internet who are uh, kind of uh, looking into things and trying to figure out the meaning and all of that other kind of stuff. Um, but the thing with Five Nights at Freddy's that is a difference here. Um, is that in Five Nights at Freddy's, you just get more information. People talk to you, right? You hear the... Um, 
the uh, what's it called the um, uh, telephone guy is what he's called, right? At the beginning of every night, you get a little narration from telephone guy, right? And so that narration is all of a sudden something you can parse, right? In these little bit games that happen all over the place, um, a lot of the time you get uh, like a text box, right? This happens in Five Nights at Freddy's 4, I believe, um, where you get a little text box and your little, you know, your golden, your golden Freddy Fosbear friend tells you that he's going to put you back together. You know, like that, that kind of stuff. There's, but I didn't actually feel as though, th- first of all, I don't think that there was any writing except for some numbers, I want to say. Um, there were definitely numbers on like the, you know, like the labs and stuff like that, but I don't think that there was any actual yeah. explicit I th- I th- text in the game. I think this was an, it was an intentional or it was an intentional attempt to be to be all all um, environmental rather than explicit storytelling. Definitely, um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I can't help but I can't help but look at stuff like that and see um, to a certain extent. You know, like I have watched experimental films that would blow your mind. I cannot believe I've wasted my time on some of these films. Right? I think I referenced one where the background is hot pink and the entire thing is just this guy with a sponge washing his car like sensually you know what i mean and and to me this like it isn't quite there but it really borders on getting into that kind of territory for me where i just can't help but make a jerk off motion yeah yeah i think i agree with that um i think in some ways though that like this game like i like i've said before this game wants you to kind of like fill in I think it wants you to fill in your own theories and kind of come up with what you think is happening and I think it is successful in getting people to do that and so in that way I think I can call it a success um I don't know what that says about anything or if that makes it good or bad but I think it at least makes it successful at what it sets out to do yeah Um, I mean and you know look I don't think that I don't think that you have to shoot for for you know you don't have to shoot for the stars especially for a game like this right you can have experiences that are small and that are contained and that are relatively you know shallow and there's not a lot of metaphor to be deciphered right um I think that that doesn't have to be the case you can make a movie like whiplash which is ridiculously complex even though it's really just kind of about the interaction of two protagonists and a couple of ancillary characters and that's it right it's a very bare bones story when you look at it but they mine that that for as much depth as they can possibly kind of find right but i think that you can also kind of have smaller experiences that aren't you know that are kind of shallow um, but are still meaningful and like complete experiences, I guess, you know, and, and that's, that's okay, you know, and that's fine. And I think that that should be fine. And that that should be kind of allowed without having to, um, kind of overcommit to some, to kind of like one premise or another. And so, so sorry, I don't quite, do you think that this game is doing that or is not doing that in an attempt to be something greater? I think some... it's I think it's not doing that in an attempt to be something greater. That's a pretty good way to, to put it. Right. A good example of this is Papers, Please. I think Papers, Please is a great game. I think it's a beautiful game. I think it has a uh, – I think it has a very straightforward, easy-to-read, right, surface-level point. 
But it doesn't overstay. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't beat you over the head with it, and it doesn't overstay its welcome, and it it puts that point in an engaging enough experience that it doesn't feel hollow, right? Um, which which to me, you know, that's good. That makes you think this please. game feels hollow. Uh, no, no, no. I think okay. it's the opposite. This game almost feels pretentious to me. Okay. Right? If this game was less concerned about trying to have people think about it in super deep, complex, meaningful ways, it would probably be better. I see. If that makes okay. sense. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. Yeah. One, one other thing I wanted to point out, um, just kind of about the game as a whole, um, or about the ending in particular, is that... Um, there are there is a theory that it's all a work and that you're still inside the facility at the very end. Um, that there's a scene very similar to the one that you are in, in the background of one of the, uh, one of one of the tanks that you kind of see through the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a scene almost exactly like the one that you're looking at, and that there's some like weird things like the trees are the wrong size and stuff like that. Um, and that this might just be a, like an experiment within the ex- like you know, this whole thing is an experiment. And that, and like what you're doing, like, you you know, you're obviously interfering with their experiment, but that might be just another experiment on the inside. And that the true ending of unplugging the kind of master control kind of ends the whole ruse, um, you know, in the, in the cornfield. Um, right. Um, to be honest, I almost kind of wish that this experience was a little less puzzle focused. I actually thought that the bits in the beginning where you were dealing with kind of like the dogs um, and you had to kind of think on your feet and almost like a like a like a temple run kind of way or like a Sonic way. This is actually a great way to think about it. You know, Sonic it has a lot to do with momentum, right? Um, a lot of these Sonic games are about, you know, building your momentum and staying at max velocity uh, and kind of overcoming these obstacles in a split second way. I actually think that that would have been a better version of this game with kind of all of the other interim pieces together. I think the parts at the beginning where you're outrunning people, you're outrunning dogs, and I think the parts at the end when you're kind of rolling around as this giant tumor blob thing, right? Those were the places where the game was kind of most electric uh, yeah. to me. And then, um, and then they kind of stopped dead in their tracks because all of a sudden now you have to solve a puzzle, right? Uh, but if they had just if they had kept to that momentum um kind of oh shit uh i if they had cut to that momentum idea um and that momentum gameplay um and then they ended the story in the same way um even maybe if they had ended it i actually think a better version of that now no i actually if they had ended the story in the same way where you've lost all of your momentum but you're just kind of lying there alone on the beach and it's kind of ambiguous have you are you dead Right, that's that's kind of my reading. Right, is that right, you're right, dead, right. and so at the end of it, it it kind of doesn't matter. I think that is a very compelling experience. I think that there's a lot, you know, there there's there's at least a through line that I can tangibly grab onto. Right, you're trying to get away, you're trying to get away, you're doing everything you possibly can to to be safe and to evade your captors. But at the end of the day, even if you get away from them, you're still gonna die. Right, you still end up dead. I think that that kind of bittersweetness. Uh, and those kinds of, um, you know, those endings that, like, defy your expectations on what otherwise should happen, right? In games like this or in experiences like this, the fact that you get away is generally kind of the expected ending. That would have been more appealing to me. Okay. Hmm. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, you know, this is, this is unfair, right? To a certain extent, I think that... Um, uh, 
that that is redesigning a heavy portion of this game in yeah, order to kind no. of fit my own. Um, I, I agree. I, I was actually I was gonna say kind of to leap off of that like some of the stronger points of this game are that you know the blob feels right. It feels like you're controlling a mass, right? right. A yep. mass that's kind of awkward and doesn't know what it does, and that's done perfectly. Definitely. And er, and and a lot of like all of the death animations where you're killed by something are pretty perfect. Right, getting torn and getting your bones broken by the doggos, and like, you know, getting strangled and/or shot um, by the people. It's yeah. just like almost perfect, right? Like, just very brutal, very gruesome, very impactful. Um, and even when and when you don't, when you succeed, especially like there's there's a couple times this happens where you just barely get away from like the dog as it's nipping at your heels, and that feels perfect. Um, and I thought that right, was and I th- yeah, super yeah. well done. Um, like definitely. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of because there's this big puzzle right smack dab in the middle. Um, there's a big sign. It says you need not you know 19 people on the switch. Um, you, you know that's like probably the most explicit form of storytelling there is in this entire game. Yeah. Uh, um, um. I like that puzzle is neat, and I think it's fun. But I also think that that's kind of like the least, this is the least that game part of, or the least inside part of that game. And it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's a neat puzzle, but I don't think it does a lot for the atmosphere or for the game. I think, I think it's immediately afterwards you go into kind of like this, what appears to be like a, like a nuclear testing facility or something. Oh, I love the shock. The shockwave zone is probably the shockwave zone is amazing, yeah. right? Like it's, you know, it's, it's well done. The puzzles are, the, the puzzles are there without being too obtrusive, you know, like without too obviously being puzzles. Um, like I said, the death animations for that are astounding. Um, and like kind of like the effects of what's happening is, is amazing. And I think like, you know, I think to juxtapose that with like you know find nineteen dudes and kind of like bring them along, um, like I th- I think even like that kind of concept was done much better in the end zone where you're leading a bunch of uh, a bunch of like guys who, the, the guys in the water tanks. Yeah. Um, I think that, that section was a better version of the nineteen person lift, and I understand kind of like that it was like an, an easy thing to do, but I just I just didn't like it nearly as much. I, I'm kind of curious now, and actually, this reminded me, what was the puzzle that you couldn't solve? Oh, uh, the part where you have to zip into a... Um, there's a part where you have to zip into a mind control helmet, and there are two guys walking, right, on opposite ends of the... Uh, and like they walk towards one another, but then also oh, away from, you, you know you, what I mean. You have to lower the you have to lower the uh, the door and then walk the person into it, so the other person walks without him moving, right? And yeah, and you have to and like there are two uh, there are two like pressure plates, right? And you have to get them on the pl- pressure plates, right? The reason I was stuck on this one is because I overthought the puzzle, um, which is exactly what the guide said. It's like it's really easy to overthink this puzzle, which is exactly what I did. What I thought I had to do, and what I thought was I was like, what the fuck? I can't believe they're asking me to do this. Was that I had to figure out a way in order to like uh kind of crush 
the this is gonna sound really complex like you had to like kind of crush like the center of the thing together to like move it around because if i have if i have the guy moving right walking into a door that's stopping him right um but then the other guy is moving i can kind of control where the center of like the two of them like the two of them crossing is yeah and i was trying to overlap that center right i was i was trying to figure out a way to overlap that center with the center between the two pressure plates right um and i was just having a i but but you can't see the guy behind the door right so i was having just a really hard time kind of like visualizing it in my head and kind of getting uh getting through through it from that perspective and so when the obvious answer was pointed out to me which was you know you take the one guy out out of the door you force both both of them into the opposite walls which will naturally center them onto right onto how the platforms work um uh and then bring them together that was you know it was like such an obvious solution uh one thing i did want to talk about is i thought so very early you go into a barn and you're followed by a bunch of little chicks um and i thought you know having them follow you was like one of the greatest pieces of foreshadowing i've seen in a game um, just, you know, like, oh, you've got these little followers and that just kind of turns into like the big mechanic for, for the mind control stuff. I, I thought that was actually pretty brilliant. I, I really like. Oh, that. interesting. That, oh, I was wondering what you were thinking, um, when you said that I was trying, I was trying so hard to figure out, I guess, what, uh, what you meant, um, by, uh, by that, that, that it yeah. had great foreshadowing. I was just like that. That is actually pretty good foreshadowing. I was very sad that the chicks all didn't die. I thought that that was definitely what was supposed to happen, so to speak. Um, you were supposed to uh, go uh, put, you know, funnel them into this like this thing, and that it was going to kill all of them. And I thought that that was cool, and that that was going to be very, uh, you know, that was going to be a big, very gruesome, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, I, I I have not seen this myself, but somebody on the, somebody on the internet pointed out that the last, like the last slowest chick actually dies. Um, which... No, I yeah, I, def- I I saw that one. I saw that one. Uh, that one chick die, and the, you know, and there's the there's the one dude in the tank. When, when you get the get all the like naked followers, the one dude that's all like in pieces on the ground and is trying to follow you, but it's like an arm and like a torso, and so he can't. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that part was actually awesome. Yeah, you know, like that was nuts from uh, from kind of uh, uh, like you know, they they just moved so. Um, God, they just like moved in like a very haunting way. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um. I know. I I thought I thought that again. I think the animation is one of the strongest suits of this game. Um, yeah. Um, is there anything else in particular I wanted to bring up? Um, I thought it was super weird that like there were a bunch of kids around. Like there are several times when you see like you know it's like it appears to be take your kid to work day. Um, also like there's the part like I don't know if you did this but you, you, when when you first see the dome you can run up to the dome and kind of press your face against it and people kind of look at you but they don't really do anything. I did see that. I did do that, which I thought was exceedingly weird. Um but uh uh now that you mentioned 
kind of the um, now that you mentioned that like it is take your kid to work day it does kind of make some sense or, or it could be i don't know i thought it was weird too and that was like the thing like that like you know was like like it would be weird that that would be the case that would just be trying to like rationalize it i don't know i thought sure, it was sure like my initial thought on it at the end was that like the guys in like by the tank were like the scientists and so they didn't really know what was up and that's why they didn't really give you shit at the end um and that like you were dealing with the enforcers up to that point in time which are like that like you know the hired muscle and these are like the nerds that are like oh well if you look here there's like a, a, a blobby man oh and that then that's why the one guy helps you like he he the, the one guy opens the door for you, and then the one guy ripcords the thing for you so you can hit the button. Um, and then you, you fucking murder that executive. Like, that was fucking brutal. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was... I Like, that That was... Oh, is that the part that you... Th- that's the boss? I, I th- Or, that was my interpretation. It's not ex- explicit anywhere, but I, I, I assume that that was, like, some high-ranking executive, right? Like, that yeah, was... Yeah, sure. Um, just because he was in an office and he was sitting behind a desk... Um, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think like, again, I think this game has a lot of really cool and crazy things in it. And I think if you want to spend your time digging into it, you can. And, you know, I, I think I do agree with your point that like, there's, there's not a lot there in the, like, it's got a lot of details, but not a lot of like. N- not a lot of like uh like main course as it were um a lot of trimmings a lot of really nice trimmings but not not a lot of not not a lot of like meat to kind of explicitly dig into it's kind of like you're haunted by the idea of 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 a of of a real thing um but yeah anything anything else you wanted to say no, I uh, I don't really have all that much I wanted to say. Uh, though I definitely do like kind of talking in depth about this kind of um, about this kind of thing. We should, I, I definitely think we should do it with other games, uh, other indie games, especially those that I think of as being extremely good, like Banner Saga. Uh, which is a game, you know, I have to say, Banner Saga is a game that people seem to kind of like forget about. Uh, and like, admittedly, I do the exact same way. But man, I fucking love this game. I love that game. I think it's great. Uh, I, I played a little bit of the first one. I thought it was good. Uh, it was good from that perspective. I don't, you know, I, I didn't really get deep into it. I didn't really absorb the story that much. But I thought like, I thought it was pretty. I thought the, the turn-based stuff was was super solid. Um, not really much else I think I can say about that. Um, my, my big indie game that I'm looking forward to is No Man's Sky, which comes out in what, 13 days? Um, that really count as an indie game. <laughs> I mean, so I think that's actually important. It's an indie game. It was developed by a 20 man studio. Yeah, I sure. Fair um, <laughs> the fact that like every, like they showed it off and everybody was like, what, what is this? I would like to you know, fat my erection to this for a while. And yeah. so it kind of got like the triple a PR treatment, but I, it's not a triple a game. It's a 20 person game developed by a small studio. And I'm, I, I really hope it lives up to the hype because it looks like a lot of fun. And those, those guys look like they really poured their souls into it. And, uh, I hope it's as good as, as I hope it's as good as, as it looks. I have always been, uh, you know, aggressively uninterested, uh, so 
you know, maybe maybe there's a future in which I get that game. Uh, but it's one of those games where, like, you know, the whole world seems to think. I just kind of think it. I think it looks fine, but it doesn't grab me in any particular, uh, like, in any particular way. So I've kind of mostly ignored it. I, I think if it nails this kind of like true universe building thing, like maybe on its own it won't be as compelling as you want it to be, but like. That kind of, like, tech and idea can just be brought forward into so many other cool ways. Like, I felt, I felt the same way a lot I think about when I saw the first trailers for The Last of Us, um, which is a AAA game. I'm not trying to say that's an indie game, but, like, you know, the way that Ellie behaved and it seemed so natural and seemed like you actually had another person with you blew my mind. And I thought it was great and i don't think the the final product was as impressive as i thought it was but i think it was a good step forward i think you're starting to see those types of things in games and i think if they nail this kind of like procedural generation of animals and planets and species and whatnot and it works that that'll be incredible and that that'll be a a, a big thing yep i get Um, that i I I actually agree with you i i think that's a very hard thing to nail um and i think that you know they might like it would not surprise me if you know, it turns out that, like, every third animal looks pretty similar or something like that. Um, or, you know, it turns out that that's a relatively small portion of the game and that there's not as much of that. Like, you know, there there's more of, like, you know, uninhabited planets, which are much easier to generate randomly and kind of not worry about. And so we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm hope like I said, I, I really hope it's good because it looks really cool. Um, and, uh, again, I... I hope part of the reason I want to see too is that like all of this hype has been put behind this this indie game, and so if it succeeds, that means that publishers will start paying attention to more inventive ideas like this, and we won't necessarily get Call of Battlefield thirty thousand. Any like you know as, as like I yeah I think that that would be a that would be a very good side effect kind of of this thing going off, um, but. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, uh, I guess that's I guess that's it. Uh, next week we'll be at Gen Con, uh, so if you're well, around. I think I think we've got an episode before that. Like, we've got so so if so th- this episode is for is to be released tomorrow, and then we've got the next Tuesday, which is right before Gen Con, and then I assume we record the Gen Con episode at Gen Con to go up the following Tuesday. Okay, fair enough, but. Technically, what I said is true. Because yes, it is next, next week. week is, Gen Con is, is there. Next week is and Gen we Con, will yes. Be there. Yes. Um, so if you're going, feel free to uh, let us know. We'd be happy to do an incredibly meager fan meetup. We don't have any delusions of grandeur. <laughs> uh, I believe we'll be meeting. I believe we'll be going to Gen Con with a fair number of our fans. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, that's true. I don't think any of them actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't think any of them actually like the podcast. <laughs> But uh, but uh, but yeah, um, we will be playing Hell's Rebels uh, tomorrow. Whenever this comes out, um, so you know you can obviously be on the lookout for that. Uh, I have no idea what our game schedule looks like for next week. So uh, presumably we, uh, we will be playing um, Rise of the Rune Lords on Monday, not Hell's Rebels the next week because we will be in in Chicago. Yeah, um, no, we, 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 yeah, we are definitely not playing uh, Hell's Rebels in Chicago. I have to see, because I'm going to be in Chicago hanging out uh, with my family on that on that Monday night. I don't okay. know that I necessarily mind. Well, I'll have to see, because, you know, I don't know, you know, my mom is old. She might be uh, 
uh, be an old fart and go to bed at like 9 p.m. or whatever and so I can get on and play. But I'm just kidding. I love you, Mom. Um, the uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, feel free to comment, email, subscribe, talk to us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. Um, email us at subdervisplaygames at gmail.com. Watch us on twitch.tv slash subdervisplaygames. Follow us on Twitter. It will be in the description. Follow us on Facebook. It will be in the description. Follow us on YouTube. It will be in the description. Comment on the <laughs> track. Do all the things. Subscribe on all, all the forms of media. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. That's about it. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Farewell, loyal listeners. Uh, until next time, dear listeners.